What does it mean to be church? Well, I guess if we look back at the last two weeks in our series called Rethinking the Church, then we might say that it means recognising that each one of us is a valuable piece in God's puzzle, and also remembering that we need to give evidence in our lives to the hope that we possess and that we confess. But there has to be more to it than that. And today I want us to consider that being church means being community, a gathered community. And being gathered doesn't simply mean that we are physically gathered into one place, as is being evidenced by our current circumstances. Being gathered means that we are, together, gathered into community with one another in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit, that we are gathered by God. We might say that the gathering is not our doing at all, but the work of God. And although we might well think that we chose which church to join, we proclaim and testify to a God who has purposed a plan for our lives. And if we're walking in step with that plan, then we are aligning ourselves with that plan for us. So we are gathered, gathered to be Bethel by God. And the same truth applies for whichever church you're a part of. You have been gathered there by God. At the beginning of this lockdown situation, there were all sorts of comments circulating about church being closed and questions being raised about the survival of church when its people couldn't meet together for Sunday worship. One of the responses I read to this said something like, God has not closed the church, he has simply deployed it. Now we've already talked in this series about how the church is not bricks and mortar, but it's the people. And we only need to look at Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter 16, where he says to Peter, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Two things I think we need to take from this short verse. First, the church is built on a person, Peter. He's the rock standing on the foundation of Jesus. And secondly, the church will not be overcome. You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. And we will not be overcome. So this morning, we're going to look at a passage in Galatians to understand something else about church as we rethink it. The reading this morning is from Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load. Recognising that the church is the people, and recognising that we, the people, are each a piece of the puzzle that makes up the picture of this church is very important. But there is more to it than just being a part of it. I wonder if you remember, 
in the first part of this series, I mentioned that some people glue their jigsaw pieces together to stop them from falling apart. And I said that in church, God, in Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, acts like the glue that keeps us together. And at the beginning of this passage in Galatians, Paul says that he's writing to those who live by the Spirit. That is, those people who've received Jesus as Lord and Saviour, those who are allowing God's Spirit to rule in their lives. So at the time of the writing of this letter, that meant the churches in Galatia, those who were gathering as church. And today it speaks to us as Christians gathered as church, even in the midst of this separation. And the emphasis here in this short passage from the letter is on how each one of us should carry each other's burdens. I'm sure that many of you have experienced the weight of burdens that sin and life in the world can cause. It can weigh us down. It can make us ineffective as witnesses of the good news. And sadly, the church is often not a place where we find the support and help that we need to help carry those burdens, but is often where we feel judged and criticised. And we really need to rethink church so that in it we can both offer and find comfort for and from fellow followers of Jesus. It seems to me that church is often quick to chastise others and take a swing at those struggling with some aspect of their faith life. But there are times when we all falter in our spiritual lives and we can't get back on track by ourselves. And there are other occasions when we feel so burdened that we don't know how we will ever make it through another day. So what does Paul have to say to us in this passage about how we should come alongside each other and bear each other's burdens? Well, first in verse 1, Paul writes this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Brothers and sisters, writes Paul, and he's speaking as if to family members, and he speaks gently about something that all of us will have had to face at some time or other in our life as Christians. Now the word caught here isn't supposed to suggest that somebody's been caught out in sin or that it's been exposed for others to see, but rather that they are trapped in a situation that is causing them to sin. And Paul encourages those who live by the Spirit to help them, to restore them gently. The important thing here, I believe, is that it is in our spirit-led lives that we should be helping, trusting to God's spirit to lead our response rather than to our earthly nature and wisdom. And in urging restoration, Paul is writing of bringing someone back to their former condition, to making them whole again. If someone has experienced dislocation or brokenness or has been torn apart by bad choices or decisions, he or she needs someone who will come alongside them in order to lift them up. 
And this needs to be done with gentleness. In the previous chapter in Galatians, Paul identifies gentleness as a fruit of the Spirit. And here, he encourages us now to use it to help our brothers and sisters. I'm sure you've seen the newspaper headlines or the TV news when someone who seems to have it all together, a celebrity or a sports star or a TV personality, suddenly gets it all wrong. There seems to be such a delight in announcing to the world that this person has fallen. And it's as if the world needs to ruin their reputation. Sadly, I believe that all too often, this is the kind of response people have encountered in church. When they and their situation has been met with judgment rather than with gentleness. And Paul highlights something here for us that really should help us in offering gentleness. Watch yourselves. Paul encourages us to be careful not to judge because we might very well find ourselves in need of gentle restoration soon. The next thing that Paul writes is carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So we don't only have a responsibility to restore others but also to relieve them of their burden. Now Paul doesn't offer a suggestion here about what the burden might be, but instead he focuses on the need for us to get alongside our brothers and sisters and help them out. And instead of judging them, we need to be doing whatever we can for as long as we can. I was thinking that we might even resort to that old question, what would Jesus do? And I believe that whatever the answer to that question, then that's exactly what we should be doing. I think that we need to rethink church. We need to make sure that we're not actually adding to people's burdens with our judgments and expectations, but instead be those who are always ready to relieve people of them. Next, Paul addresses an obstacle to what it is he's calling us to do and to be. Paul knows that the problem with people is that they will not be able to restore the broken and to relieve their brothers and sisters of their burdens if they are too busy being full of themselves. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. It seems that it's too easy for us to look at others and instead of seeing an opportunity to help them, we see an opportunity to look down on them, an opportunity to judge them, and even to build ourselves up in their distress. What seems to be implied in what Paul writes is that if we fail to help those who need our help, it's because we think we're better than others. Paul writes that if we think too highly of ourselves, then we'll find it too easy to condemn others. But if we know that we are nothing without the grace and the mercy of God, 
then we'll be ready to step in to help the hurting. If we find it easier to criticize and condemn, it might very well be because we ourselves are sorely in need of help to get out of the sin that we're trapped in. If we are more conscious of our own faults and failings, we will be quicker to see past the faults and failings of others and to see the opportunity to help them. Now verse 5 might seem a little confusing at first because it seems contrary to what has just been said about helping others carry their burdens. For each one should carry their own load. Now there's a real important difference here. Verse 2 refers to the overwhelming burdens that we simply cannot and should not be carrying ourselves. But verse 5 refers to load and means something like a pack or a rucksack. It really means that which we should carry for ourselves. It's not a burden and we shouldn't pass it off to someone else. It's our responsibility. We are to bear that which is too heavy for another to handle alone, but we can't carry someone else's responsibility. If your burden seems light today, open your eyes and look around. I'm sure you won't have to look far to find somebody who needs the help that only you can give. And then lend a hand, but respect the boundaries that God has established. It's not your responsibility to do what a person can and should do for themselves. Some people have the tendency to take everyone's cares and concerns onto their shoulders. Perhaps this is out of genuine compassion, but we shouldn't carry what is not ours. We were never designed to carry the world on our shoulders. Rethinking the Church thinking again about what it means to be the body of Christ. As we rethink, will we be people who see and grasp the opportunity to restore the broken and relieve the burdened? Will we repent of our thinking that we are somehow better than others? And will we respect the responsibilities that both we and they have for what we rightly carry? God is in the restoration business, and I believe he's looking for you and for I to join him in it. He doesn't give up on us when we get it wrong. He doesn't stop loving us when we can't lift our burden. He pursues us even when we're proud, and he works in us and through us when we recognize our responsibilities. On their own, any one member of the body of Christ is weak, but together in community, the whole of the church has the strength to carry everyone's burden.